When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Solving data access and usability challenges with Fabric. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Daniel Hernandez, General Manager of Data and AI at IBM. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Tanya. Give us a quick summary of your professional background. So I've been in tech my entire professional career, uh, 10 years outside of IBM, working on what today we would call IoT edge computing basically building stuff. I was a developer running development teams. Joined IBM 15 years ago, been amazing career inside of it, done everything from uh, development, product management, services, buying companies, integrating companies, everything always related to data and AI. So uh, data and AI all the way since IBM for sure. What are the challenges that we face today in gaining value through data? Well, to get value, you have to put data to work, but everything starts with the data itself. I would say the challenge we've suffered from forever and we continue to suffer from today has to do with breaking down the data silos, basically finding stuff, understanding stuff, and then putting that stuff to work. Traditional techniques like copying it into a traditional data warehouse in contemporary terms, we would put it inside of a data lake, maybe a cloud data warehouse or something in between, don't actually solve the data silo problem. And so getting back to where you started, challenges getting value, still oriented around this whole data silo problem. And the current techniques aren't actually doing a good job of helping our customers solve that core problem, uh, breaking down those data silos. What are some examples of ways that data is siloed and unstructured? Well, so let's talk about the silo issue. The silo problem just has to do with the way data is born, right? So average, the average customer of IBM has 7,550 SaaS applications, right? I'm not even talking about the traditional stuff running mission critical processes, potentially a mainframe data centers of their own by that. I'm just talking commercial off-the-shelf SaaS, 150 and growing, every single one of those applications have interesting data, data that is totally siloed and locked into those SaaS apps. That just gives you a sense of the nature of the problem. And of course, all that data would be useful if it were made available. And so this whole issue of the data getting born in multiple places, those places are actually landing on all kinds of platforms, AWS, Azure, GCP, IBM Cloud, private data centers, just getting that stuff, understanding it is, is kind of the whole problem area. And unfortunately it's getting worse. Is this part of what creates maybe complexity in cloud environments? hundred percent, right? Like, so more places data is born, more places you gotta get it. The let's go put it in a single place answer isn't a good one. And so the best way we think, and actually I think the um, 
analysts are leading the way in helping us understand that there is an alternative to the data silo problem than trying to consolidate in a single place. The data fabric is emerging as probably the most promising architectural answer to solving the, the data silo problem. And what it argues is, set aside technology for a minute, just what it argues as an approach is, you ought to be able to access this data no matter where it is. You ought to be able to manage that data where it is. And if you have to move it, you should have convenient means to move it, but you shouldn't have to move it and consolidate it to put it to work. So if as an industry, and IBM bears responsibility as one of the tech providers here, if we can help our customers implement the data fabric, it'll go a long way to solve this complexity problem that's really the, the triggered by the data silo issues that are just getting worse. Describe data fabric architecture and compare it to managing data using warehouse or lake architecture. So data fabric basically is a architectural approach. It's not a product, it's an architectural approach that allows you to access data no matter where it is. This could be through combination of data virtualization techniques, which push down queries to data sources, doing so with consideration of not to impose too much performance penalties on those source, because that stuff is typically supporting business critical workloads, processing it, and then you, you know, make it available however you might want. Might be for data science use cases, might be for uh, reporting, might be for self-service analytics style use cases. And so that's, that's kind of one aspect of what a data fabric is, methods to access data responsibly and with full consideration of things like data privacy without having to move it. The other thing that it argues is you ought to have convenient ways to govern that data to uh, understand it, understand the nature of it, and um, to understand things about it, like how often it's used, what it means, um, what it means relative to say a data dictionary that I've got. And for things like um, data disclosure policies, a way for you to define those policies and when accessing those, that data to automatically enforce those policies. So there's lifecycle management of that data, uh, wherever that data is, that the data fabric uh, argues for. Another thing that it argues for is that you ought to have uh, active metadata. Gardner calls it active metadata, which is uh, the analytics against this metadata. So you have a rich understanding of that data, where your customer information is, what the nature of risk might be of that information based on where it's stored, how often data is being used, how many copies of the stuff. And so the data fabric kind of covers those three things accessing data conveniently without moving it, governing it all through lifecycle management facilities, and then active metadata, which basically helps you understand that data better so that you could take action on it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So what are some of the performance and ROI benefits of data fabric? 
Like, so if you didn't have to move all your data to access it, there's a number of advantages you get. You know, I think uh, our study says you can basically get eight times uh, cost reduction in the total cost of, you know, the alternative relative to the total cost of the alternative, which is creating data pipelines, consolidating into a data lake, putting it into a data warehouse, transforming it out to a data warehouse, that kind of stuff. So you're going to take the total cost of what the current methods of making that data available are and compare it to an approach like a data fabric, you ought to be able to save eight times the cost. And that's considering things like uh, savings of storage, savings of the data pipelines and managing them, which is typically labor intensive um, and more. And it's much faster because there's no latency, right? You're not batch updating these systems. And so you have instant availability of the information. So it could be, um, you know, we believe it's at least 50 times faster, 50% uh, faster than traditional approaches. But, you know, depending on the nature of your, your alternative data warehouse, it could be even faster than that for sure. How have you seen data fabric being used to solve real world problems so far? So uh, the thing I love about IBM and the reason why I've been here is most of our technical work is done. Uh, not, well, let's say 100% of our technical work is in the service of our customers. And it's always anchored by the real world nasty, you know, use cases that we're all confronted with. So ING, by the way, has been, I would say, one of the best innovators of the space. I've been working with them for the last six years. They have, you know, dozens of operating regions they've had um, really an aspiration at the board level to become a digital bank, to be data-driven. So they've been wrestling with this problem. I would say they're one of the leaders when it comes to applying data fabric. The cost savings that they've realized are substantial. They've been on record sharing some of that stuff as well. We're working with Verizon who has similar issues. They're you know, extremely data-driven, ton of data, can't consolidate at all. And so we're working with them similarly. Uh, and there are applications of the data fabric, like at CVS, where we're using conversational AI to help them deliver better customer care, delivering a much better user experience, but also helping them save a lot of money. So, so many uh, different examples that we've got of the power of all of this. Daniel Hernandez, General Manager of Data and AI at IBM. Thanks so much for joining us, Daniel. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more about the work IBM's doing in data and AI, how can they do that? Dan Hernandez, ATX on Twitter, best way to find me. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, Daniel G. Hernandez, if you want to find me there too. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Tanya. Of course. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on all the major podcast platforms under the Tanya Hall Innovation Show or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.